Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Ladies and gentlemen, you're probably not going to believe what I'm going to tell you today, but it's 100% true. Um, I, I can't even believe this is happening, but it is. It's happening in Maryland, it's happening in Colorado, and it's about to happen in California. What am I talking about? What I'm talking about is literally the murder of born children. We're not talking about unborn children. We're talking about born children. Yes, this is getting through the state legislatures and being signed by governors in these leftist states. Now, even if you're not in one of these states, you need to listen up. Because when when this hits California, it normally spreads east. It's already happening, as I say, in Maryland and Colorado, but it's in California. And there's someone in California that you already know about because he's been on this program before, but not just because he's been on this program before. He's one of the leading pastors in the country. He is probably, no, he is my favorite pastor. Let me tell you that right now. Because the great Jack Hibbs knows that his mission in life is to bring as many people to Jesus and to use uh, every weapon in his arsenal uh, to bring people to Christ and also to be an influence for Christ in the culture. So he's going to speak the truth regardless if people are going to be upset with him or not. And that's what people are screaming for. They're screaming for leadership, ladies and gentlemen. And so for the entire program today, we're going to have the great Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jack, how are you? Frank, I'm good. I wish I could carry that applause around in my pocket wherever I go. That could be good. <laughs> well... You, first of all, you're, you're doing a wonderful job at, at Chino Hills. It's my favorite place to go, my favorite place to, 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 to preach a message because your people are so engaged, Jack. They want to know the Word of God, and they want to know how to apply it in all aspects of life, Jack. They just don't want to apply it on Sunday morning. They want to apply it every other day, wherever they are. How did you get to the point where you've got such a loyal following that these people want to make a difference in the world for Christ? Well, first of all, Frank, they absolutely love you because, again, you bring the truth and you don't care about the, the feelings. You care about the facts. And so they love you. And so there's that connection. Uh, the way that happened, honestly, this is going to sound too simplistic. But since we started a, a home Bible study, Frank, in our house, I just simply went verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible. Uh, and that's what we do. You know that we just go through the Bible. And so these people have been brought up on, now watch, they've been brought up on a diet of the Bible, but also since COVID, tons of people come came over and they decided, I want Bible too. And so they are now willing to be refueled on Sundays and Wednesdays to go back out and deliver uh, the bombs of truth wherever they work and live. So, yeah. 
Well, Jack, let's talk about what's going on in California. You've been very vocal about this, and for good reason, and tragically, most other pastors haven't. There's something that is in the the California legislature right now called AB 2223. What is that, and what has happened with it? Assembly Bill 2223 was authored by Oakland... Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks. And Buffy Wicks is working in conjunction with Governor Gavin Newsom. It came about because Newsom immediately, when he saw that the U.S. Supreme Court could possibly overturn Roe v. Wade, he went into overdrive on evil. And so there was this collusion in Sacramento to quickly get ahead, get something on the books that would enshrine murder in California, should they lose Roe v. Wade uh, nationally? You got to remember, Frank, I'm currently in a lawsuit, uh, which we, I'll be uh, testifying soon, and we, we, we assume to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm in a lawsuit right now because I sued the governor of California because our health insurance programs in California have to provide uh, uh, elective abortion funding. I refused to do that. We lost our health care coverage, so I'm currently in a lawsuit. Uh, and that is now uh, coming uh, up. Why? Why did we do this? Because as a church, as a Christian, and as a concerned citizen, if we don't stand for the sanctity of life, I mean, this is the line, I believe, from the Old Testament to this moment, where God makes it very clear. If you're going to sacrifice your children, that's where I've had enough of you as a state or a nation. And I am going to shake my robe, as it were, off of uh, you off of my robe in judgment. And I think we're right at that, that point. So we've gotten to this, this issue now, Frank, where, as we discuss on this program, your, your listeners are highly educated and engaged. They're going to find it a challenge to believe that you and I are actually speaking truth. I've been in media all two weeks, print and TV, and they can't believe it. And frankly, I find it hard to believe. But we've read the bill. ADF has read the bill. Pacific Justice Institute has read the bill. And uh, it's insane. They're actually going to allow the death of babies up to 30, or is it 28 or 30 days after birth? Is that right, Jack? Technically, it's 28 based upon the definition of perinatal. Here's Here's what happened. When the bill was put forward to the Judiciary Committee, which it passed, you got to remember, California has a supermajority of Democrats. The Democrats have ruled this state. And to be honest with you, even when Arnold Schwarzenegger was our governor, he was really a Republican. He was a Democrat with an R in the Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. back of his name. So let's remember that. When they crafted this bill, uh, we have spies up in Sacramento, and, and they tipped us off immediately to it. And so we made it public, and Buffy Wicks amended the bill. And when she amended it, ADF said it was a genius, brilliant amendment, because what she did was she made the bill even more vague to avoid the stigma of what we were calling it, and that was the infanticide bill, which is exactly what it is. She countered and said, this is not infanticide. That How horrible. How could you accuse me of this? So she wrote the word perinatal. Perinatal covers a baby that is born dead, stillbirth, 
all the way out to a baby that might die from SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, Mm -hmm. listen, or any other reason, watch this. Here's where we get into the weeds. Out to 28 days, perinatal death is the term that she's using. But interestingly enough, in the law, it says any child born and dies within 28 days, that death cannot be investigated by law enforcement because of their prejudice to blame the mother, that it's unfair, it would be unjust. So the bill not only legalizes the murdering of a child born into this world, but it ties the hands of law enforcement. You say, Jack, you're making it up. If I'm making it up, why did I spend three hours on the phone yesterday on Thursday uh, with the California uh, Law Enforcement Officers Association as they are forming a group to testify against this bill because they understand, Frank, that the bill reads that they could be held liable if the, the woman in any way, shape, or form feels that she's being accused that she's being discriminated against or, uh, or, or her life is being cast in dispersion on this death. So a woman can actually basically kill her baby in the first 28 days. And if anybody investigates her, they could be liable. They could yeah. be persecuted or prosecuted, I should say. This is going on in California, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming to your state. If you do not do something now, who knows what's going to happen? We're back in two minutes. If you're low on the FM dial looking for national public radio, go no further. We're actually going to tell you the truth here. That's our intent anyway. You're not going to hear the great Jack Hibbs on national public radio. He's, he's, he's putting out too much truth. And unfortunately, the truth today is very, very sobering. The state of California is about to pass a bill that would allow the murder of infants up to 28 days old. There's no way of getting around this, friends. This is what's going on. My question is, other than Jack Hibbs and a few other pastors who were in Sacramento the other day to fight this, where are the pastors in California? Where are the pastors in the neighboring states? Where's your pastor on this? Jack, why aren't more pastors concerned and vocal about the actual killing of infants? Man, Frank, I've been asking that question for a long time. We've been standing up against darkness in the political realm for a long time. You know, I don't know how to answer that because uh, we saw the precursor, or I should say the, sh- the the sifting during COVID. Where were the pastors during COVID? Where were the pastors when Gavin Newsom said, you will not open your church and you will not sing as a group in worship, that to me that was like uh, those. Those are fighting words. Uh, mm-hmm. When I understand mm-hmm. my Bible, uh, we know what this governor and his party is all about, and yet now we've reached a point where, in a post-COVID world, post-shutdown, post-mask, post-vaccine, all this kind of stuff, 
Uh, now it seems as though, and I, and I want to believe it's not true, but it, it seems like there's so few that are willing to stand. I am hoping, Frank, that through your program and others, these guys hear about it and get engaged. If they don't, Frank, then I believe, based upon Scripture, that we're living in the last days, good, evil, good is called evil, evil is called good, mm -hmm. and that apathy would prevail in the church in the last days, and that, that there would be pastors that are idle shepherds. They get a check, they have a pension, they show up on Sunday, and then they golf or they go surfing, and that's about it. They don't get involved, Frank, in politics. We preach the gospel. That's all I hear when I challenge these guys. We just preach the gospel. And Frank, that's the problem. That's Let's the talk. problem. Let, yeah. Let's talk about that, Jack, because there are objections that people will bring up. Uh, you know, if you start getting too political, Jack, you're going to turn people off to the gospel. What do you say to that? Yeah, I understand that. You do not want to get political uh, for political sake. And I always try to make that a point. I always go to this, Frank. God, God invented marriage. God invented the church. And God invented government. What we're dealing with in California is not government. We're dealing with politics that has invaded the sanctity of God-given authority. Romans 13 says that those who are in power have been granted the power by God to do good. But when that power decides to do evil with that good, the church is to step in and to say, it's better for us to obey God rather than man. I believe without being political, Frank, the church should hold our elected officials in this republic accountable. And so that's what we're doing. We are fighting for righteousness. That's my comeback. I would say to the pastor, pastor, please explain to me after you're done teaching and you turn your people loose, have you taught them to go out on Monday morning and do righteousness? What does that mean? What does that look like? What, is, what does it mean when the scripture says that the church went out and they went all about doing good? And that's what we need to challenge pastors about. It's not just them delivering a message on Sunday and looking cool on Facebook or YouTube. It's equipping their people to go and be disciples. So yes, we preach the gospel. And Frank, here's the deal. Our, you know us, we've not changed one bit mm -hmm. over the decades. Mm -hmm. But we had 19,000 people show up last Sunday. Mm. Wow. And, so, and, and that's probably double what it was prior to COVID. Because oh, yeah. when COVID hit, Jack, after a couple of months, I think pastors did the right thing initially. We didn't know if this was Ebola, right? We didn't know, okay? No. Let's 10 days to, to flatten the curve. We're with you, okay. But after about two months of that, Jack, you said, I don't care what the governor says, we're supposed to meet together. You opened up, and I remember, I think I was there maybe six, eight months after you did that, Jack, and... People actually came up to me at the book table and said, I drove three hours to be here because my my church isn't open. This church is the only one open. And and you've doubled or tripled since then. And you're going through the Bible with people who haven't heard the Bible before. So you're you're preaching Romans on set on Sunday morning, Hebrews on Wednesday night. Yeah. And the response has been overwhelming. We've been packed out. And these people, yeah. for example, who have been churched have now, they have such a hunger for the Word of God because a reality slapped them in the face and they found out they didn't have a foundation. That five steps to a happy day is not going to get you through a, a crisis. 
And so I, you know me, I told you this privately that I, de I deliberately stopped uh, where we were at. And I said, look, everybody, I'm going to go to Romans and I'm going to go to Hebrews, the New Testament, uh, sh uh, you know, holes of, uh, of the Magna Carta of New Testament doctrine uh, uh -huh. just to shake the tree so that we didn't have any looky-loos hanging around. Uh, because I believe time is short. They needed to hear the truth. And if people left, that's up. That's between them and God. But the exact opposite happened, Frank. You know that people began flocking to find out what does the Bible really say? And yeah, I mean, for crying out loud, Wednesday nights, you know, Wednesday nights, we're pushing uh, 25, 2,700 people in the room on, on Wednesday nights mm -hmm, because people mm -hmm. are hungry for truth. You know, our mutual friend Tony Perkins has said this, that if you as a pastor begin to preach to the issues of the day as they come up in the scriptures, or even if you do a topical sermon, and you don't shy away from the truth, whether it's political or not, you just get out there and say, this is the truth, you don't like it, sorry, I'm just a messenger, right? This is from God, okay? If you do that, you are going to lose some people. But guess what? You're going to gain a lot more, and those people are going to be truly devoted disciples of Jesus. And Jack, your church is a testimony to that. You've doubled in the past two years because yeah. you're not backing down. One of these pastors, and by the way, we don't do it to get big crowds, quite obviously. We do it because it's the truth. And so, so few people are preaching the truth, Jack. Encourage the pastors listening right now. Encourage the people in the pews that they need to demand truth, regardless of whether it touches on politics or not. I'll encourage them the way I encourage myself. You know, David said, I believe in Psalm 43, <laughs> it's almost as though he looked down his robe, remember? And he said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope mm -hmm. thou in God, mm -hmm. for he is our strength. And that's, that's what I would say to the pastors that are watching right now is this challenge. Do you believe that Jesus meant what he said when he said, my sheep hear my voice, they follow me? We are ordered to give them the flock or the, the world, the, the voice of Jesus. How do we do that? The word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If we do that, then God's people, the Holy Spirit will make sure that his people hear that word, and they'll come to the truth. The last thing you want at this time of church history is a church full of people who really don't know what they believe or why they believe it, but I feel good when I go to church. It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. Listen, we are called to make disciples, and all we are responsible to do is to disciple them in the Word of God, not in what's hip, not in what's cool. And when you tell them that, when you go out next Sunday and say, I am here to make you uh, get closer to Jesus Christ by presenting the unadulterated Word of God, and I trust this morning, family of God, that the Holy Spirit takes these words and, and staples them to your soul. That's why I'm here. If you don't want this, remove me as a pastor or don't come back. But let's stand and let's, op let's open our Bibles now. Mm -hmm. Well, you do that so well. And by the way, folks, if you don't know, the Jack Hibbs podcast is brand new. It shot right to the top of the charts, even on the secular charts, Jack. you In fact, for a while, you just had a two-minute trailer, and it was outpacing just about every other podcast. People are going... Yeah, we want, the, we want to hear more from this guy. He's just preaching the truth. How do we get more of this? In fact, I heard this just uh, on your podcast this morning, Jack. You were talking about, well, in the context of the Antichrist, but you said this. You said that if we don't have Christ in our lives, we're suckers for 
being deceived. Unpack that further. Unpack that. Yeah, it's funny. You know, right uh, right beyond uh, my my laptop here, I'm looking outside, and believe it or not, it rained in California last night. And in my backyard on Miracles the Miracles do happen. Yeah, it's a miracle, huh? <laughs> That's right. There's, there's little divots in the patio, little low spots, and water has congregated there, okay? And so uh, where there's a void or where there's a low spot, things will congregate to it. So think about that as, as a believer. That spot looked blank until it rained. A believer's life is filled with the ownership of the Holy Spirit. That void has been filled by the possession of Christ. He owns us. A non-believer doesn't have that. They are open to whatever comes along. Something's going to fill that void, Frank. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, you are now subject to the deception, the lies, and the trickery of the evil one. The Bible's very clear about this. And so... Uh, the greatest way to ward off deception is, of course, to have the Holy Spirit as a believer in you. Paul talked to the Corinthians about this, that God will not share the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body, your life, with Beelzebub, with Satan. And so you're either filled with the ownership of God or you're not. And if you're not, there's a sign hanging on you spiritually saying vacant or vacancy. And that's a terrifying place to live. Yeah, you said uh, when you're talking about this that we're open to all sorts of fads. I mean, yeah. look, this this whole sexual movement's a fad, Jack. It I is. mean, transgenderism, uh, and there are people that obviously struggle with gender dysphoria. We're not minimizing them. But when you have vast swaths of the population making it seem like everybody has this, and that everybody, even young children, the Biden administration came out a couple of weeks ago and said children as early as three to five years old, if they think they're the opposite sex, you as a parent need to affirm them. And Jack, they went on to even say this, that the government may come in and take that child from you if you don't. This is a fad, and yet there are people being actually deceived by it. And if, if, if you're a Christian, you have a defense against this, Jack. Yeah, Frank, I'm going to share something. I got to be careful so I, I don't get sued. But um, li literally a few weeks ago in my community, a school hosted a camp retreat for four days up in the mountains here. And it was hosted by a particular group that claims to be uh, this, this science camp. I'm not kidding. All right, hold the and thought. Hold the thought, Jack, because... Yeah. We're going to talk about it right after the break. You don't want to miss it. I'm talking to my friend, the great pastor, Jack Hibbs from Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. we got a lot more coming up with Jack. Also want to mention this Monday night, I'll be at LSU, Louisiana State University, doing I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. If you're anywhere in the Baton Rouge area, it's free. Check out our website. It'll also be live streamed. Back in two minutes with Jack Hibbs. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist with me, Frank Turek, on the American Family Radio Network, 182 stations around the country and also in podcast. If you're listening to us, if you're listening to us on radio, you want to hear this on podcast, just look for I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Also want to mention we're going back to Israel. The vaccine mandate is over. We're going back in September with the great Eli Shukran, the Israeli archaeologist that discovered the Pool of Siloam, and also 
uh, excavated most of the city of David. He'll be our guide. Go to crossexamine.org, click on events. You'll see it there. Sign up soon. We're only taking one bus, friends. It's going to be intimate. Going back to Israel this September. Check it out. My friend Jack Hibbs has been there several times. But we're, we're, we're going back to Jack to talk about something that happened in California this week. What, what was that, Jack, you were about to tell us before the break? So uh, there was a science camp for mm -hmm. public and private schools. And you just sign up and your kid goes up there for three days. By the way, listen to this. This is a, this is a tip off. It's a science camp. Um, but what they said was, we're talking of third, fourth, and fifth graders going up. And for three days, parents are not allowed to communicate with their kids. Okay, mm. number one warning. Second thing was this, that when the kids came back from the camp, they all had questions to their parents about what is gender identity and what is uh, LBGTQ. This was a science camp. And they actually got in trouble last year with another school out of the Los Angeles school district because they wound up, kids wound up coming back and telling this public school that they attend that they were being indoctrinated regarding the LBGTQ uh, position. Point is this, we have got to be extremely careful and wise and we need to watch out and be directly involved in what our kids are learning. Point though, Frank, to your point, is no kid thinks this up on their own. This stuff is embedded, it's mm -hmm. planted in them. Mm -hmm. They, they, they deliberately drop verbiage that causes a kid to be curious. For example, in one of our high schools, the this is high school now, one of the questions was asked by a teacher, have you ever thought about what it would be like almost taking cues from Katy Perry's song, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It? Have you ever thought about what it would be like if you're a girl to kiss a girl? Well, then you may have lesbian tendencies. This is they in school. That, yeah. They dropped that into the mm -hmm. high schoolers' kids. Mm -hmm. I, I, I promise you, whoever's watching this right now, it's happening to your kid, mm -hmm. guaranteed. And mm -hmm. don't say that you sent your kid to a Christian school so it's not happening. Watch out. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Jack Hibbs, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Pastors, if you're not concerned about this, I, I really don't know what to say. Because as pastors, you're supposed to be a shepherd. Uh, in fact, you're... You're supposed to be sort of a sheepdog. You got to chase away the wolves, and you're not doing it if you're not talking about some of these issues from the pulpit. Uh, and I understand. Look, look, pastors are overworked. They're overtaxed. We get all that, but this stuff is not going away. And if you don't speak to it, the people in your congregation are going. You know, the church really doesn't have an answer to this. I guess maybe the culture's right. No, this is not the way to move forward. You have to get engaged on these issues. Now, Jack, there is a way to get engaged and educated. In fact, you're doing an event right there at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, on April 30th, which is uh, a Saturday, just about say uh, a week from now. What is this event about, and what are you going to do there? Yeah, I, I've lost count as to which one this is uh, in the way of years. We've been doing this for a while. It's been very influential. It's been very impactful. It's called Come Back California. And what's great about it is that we've got an amazing lineup of speakers. And they, these expert witnesses, for example, will be uh, on stage speaking to the audience 
and dealing with the issues that your congregation is dealing with every day at the office or on the construction site or in, on the university campus. And uh, I, I don't have time to list them all, but we've got uh, Larry Elder, for example. Uh, we've got Dr. Everett uh, from Wesleyan yeah. University. Yeah. Yeah, Everett Piper is great. Yeah. Ryan Anderson. He's yeah. he's brilliant on the transgender issue. You got Star Parker. I'm looking at the list right here. And friends, if you go to ComebackCalifornia2022.com, you're going to see all this and you can register for it. And I don't care what state you live in. This might, might as well be called Comeback U.S. 2022 because when it starts in California, it spreads dust. You know how we got no-fault divorce around the world, around the country? It started in California. And you know who signed it? Ronald Reagan. He re later regretted it. But it spread all across the country because it starts in California, Jack. And that's why you are right on the front lines of this. And I, I think later, Jack, if people can't get there on April uh, 30th, next Saturday, they can probably watch via live stream, I think, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, what we need to do is we need to be able to fill 2,400 seats that, that we're trusting people will care enough to show up. Uh -huh. Once that number is is hit, Frank, then it spills over to the online audience. Okay, so it's check all this out, ladies and gentlemen. Go to ComebackCalifornia2022.com. You're going to see what this is all about. There's a video there. And, and let me go back to this, Jack. I know a lot of pastors and Christians are worried about getting involved in politics. We talked about it a little already, but I, I want to ask people right now, if you're not driving, to take out your iPhone or your Droid, I want you to text or I want you to put in your, your uh, search engine just a, a few words, Korea Satellite Night, Korea Satellite Night. When, when you see that image come up, you're going to see a satellite picture of the Korean Peninsula. You're going to see South Korea full of light. You're going to see North Korea dark. And the answer for why there's a difference between South and North Korea is one thing, it's politics. Uh, let me ask you this, what country would you rather live in, South Korea or North Korea? You'd rather live in South Korea, why? Because they have political freedom. If you wanna keep your political freedom, if you wanna keep your ability to preach and teach and live the gospel, you better be involved on these moral issues because the government can take that stuff away from you if you're not engaged, and Jack, you're engaged. Now, what kind of pushback do you get by being engaged, Jack. What do people say to you? Do you do you do you have people walking out? Do you have people coming after you? What happens Frank, when you get Frank, this engaged? Wanna, yeah, Frank, you want you might want to edit my answer. Uh, and it, my answer is this: the flock is is swarming to the church and online. My greatest opposition, hands down, is not even from the the leftist. Uh, and the rogue Democrats of California, believe it or not, I am constantly criticized by pastors and by uh, those in church leadership of other ministries that are simply attacking with this, with this uh, narrative. Politics is evil, and you are bringing it into the church. You're defiling your people. You are wasting your time. And here's the funny thing, Frank. They go through all of this stuff, but their churches haven't doubled or tripled in size. They didn't baptize 3,114 people in a couple of months. They are not dealing with 19,000 people showing up on a, on a Sunday for service. What does that tell them? That we can preach the gospel and then go out and be salt and light. That's what it should be telling them. 
But my number one opposition are those of the religious order, of those of the religious uh, hierarchy of the day, trying everything, Frank, to sit on the lid and wow. keep status quo. And you can see the lid boiling off. They can't contain it. <laughs> people, people are flocking to the truth. And I tell you what, Pastor, you want your church to grow? Listen, that's not a good request. You want your church to grow because your church is rooted and grounded on truth, not numbers. Mm -hmm, You've got mm -hmm. to be willing to empty your church out by presenting truth and let God build it, and he will build it. And then you can have the peace and confidence that it's his church, he bought it, he, he'll empower it. You just do your job, and he'll take care of the rest. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have mm -hmm, to worry about board mm -hmm, members. You don't mm -hmm. have to worry about attendance. And if it turns out you're Jeremiah standing alone preaching the truth, oh, well. That's what you're oh, doing. Well. You know, Jack, I don't think people realize that Jesus was involved in politics because who are the politicians of his day? The Pharisees. They were on the Sanhedrin. They were part of the political order. And here's what Jesus says to them. And this is easy to remember, friends. It's Matthew 23, 23. What does Jesus say to the politicians of this day? He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former, you blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. You see what he's saying? He's saying... He's saying to the politicians, you've been majoring in the minors. Jack, we've been telling people to wear masks for two years, and yet we won't tell them, not only don't kill your babies in the womb, now we're telling them it's okay to kill them out of the womb. Jack, what's going on? It's crazy. Frank, Frank add to that that in Southern California, there were churches that had vaccination sites on campus. Okay? What in the world's going on? Well, there's the separation of church and state. Well, wait a minute. Uh why are you acting like the state then? And by the way, isn't it funny that when this, watch this, that we are to call to protect life. Our God is all about life. Uh -huh. Jesus says, I've come to give life and that more abundantly. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's our, that's our thing. Marriage, that's ours. The defense of the unborn, we're commanded, that's ours. Mm -hmm. Okay, the government comes along and says, we're taking that flag, that banner from you. And we're going to plant it on our hill. And you'll sit down and you'll shut up and you'll say nothing about it. And pastors go like this for fear of what I do not know. Uh, but imagine if a church stood up and said, excuse me, we're taking the flag back of the definition of marriage and life. That belongs in the Bible. You've politicized it when it's an actual theological mandate from God Almighty. And we're coming to you, Sacramento, and we're taking back the definition of marriage or the sanctity of life. because. That is an area that belongs to the sovereign hands of God. Yes. Someone's going to win the worldview debate. It is going to be the people that have got the microphone in your state capital or in your city, or it's going to be like it was in the early days in the colonial pulpits of America, the epicenter of cultural truth. Were the, were the pulpits of colonial America, the black robe regiment of our founding fathers, were not the ones that were, were the politicians. Sam Adams said that it was the pastors that taught on liberty and freedom and responsibility to God. That's where our founding fathers got it from. Well, unfortunately, people don't know history, Jack, as you know. They don't know that Look, we're not trying to legislate religion. We're trying to legislate morality, and everybody's trying to legislate morality. Obviously, 
California now thinks it's going to be moral to be able not to murder just babies in the womb, but out of the womb up to 28 days after they're born, ladies and gentlemen. And if you can't stand up against that, what can you stand up against? I mean, what? If you're not going to speak up against the actual murder of children, what are you going to speak up against? You're not. So it's time. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's gone on too long. My guest is Jack Hibbs, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and the Jack Hibbs podcast you need to check out. We're back with our final segment, segment in just two minutes. Don't go anywhere. If you'd like to learn how to present the evidence for Christianity and answer the hardest questions, you need to join us in the Cross-Examine Instructor Academy, CIA. This summer, it's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. Last summer, it was with the great Jack Hibbs at uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. But we're in Cincinnati this year. Check out crossexamine.org. We only take 60 students, so you better sign up soon and apply soon. And don't forget... Friends, there's just about a week left to go uh, with the Hollywood Heroes book. It comes out May 3rd. If you want to get a free audio version of Hollywood Heroes, go to HollywoodHeroesBook.com, HollywoodHeroesBook.com, and uh, pre-order it, and then we will send you the audio version for free. Back to my friend Jack Hibbs, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Jack, tell us what's going on right now with this AB 2223. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, I, I, I know the radio can be a stream, not a pond. If you're just tuning in, California is thinking of passing a bill that would actually allow children to be murdered 28 days after they are born. And anybody that investigates the death of a child, any law enforcement that does so, could be prosecuted themselves. We're not making this up. Jack, where is this bill now? Yeah, there's some good news, everybody. If, good news, if you decide to get involved. Uh, and so here's where we're at. It passed Judiciary Committee, voting straight down party lines. All Democrats voted to kill the baby. All Republicans voted to save the baby. Then it went to the Health Committee, and all Democrats voted to kill. All the Republicans voted to save. Now it goes to appropriations where there is no public hearing, but it moves then to the Senate and here in the state of California. So we've got several attempts to rally, to make calls, to make a difference. I am pleading, I am begging every pastor in California, every Catholic priest, listen, if you are an imam at a mosque, if you are a rabbi at a synagogue, in fact, Frank, how about this? If you're like that young woman who went to the microphone uh, as I was testifying last week, she came up and she said, my name's Susie Q. I'm from San Francisco. I'm a Democrat. I'm an atheist. And I'm against this wicked bill. And she walked out and got a standing ovation. All We need everyone who's got a conscience and some form of a backbone to go to realimpact.us, realimpact.us, and find out how you can get involved. But we need every single one of you to make some noise. Call your assembly member in your area. You've got one in California and tell them, vote no on AB 2223. I'm watching how you vote, and I will see to it that I'll make your vote public. When you say it that way, it sends chills to their bones. And why are we to do it, Frank? Very obscure verse. Who in the world studies this? 
2 Corinthians 10, 6. Nobody even knows about it. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 6. Paul there says, by our obedience to Christ, we punish disobedience in this world. Mm. That's how we do it, living righteously. And the verse right before that, he says, we demolish arguments and take every thought captive to Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed If we're not going to stand for these for unborn people, who will? Now, here's one thing I think we need to start asking these people who are for this bill, Jack. How does a dead baby improve anything? Because that's really what they want. They want dead babies. How does a dead baby improve anything? How does it solve a problem? I, I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I don't get where these people are coming from. Why would they, why would they think this, Jack? The people who testified for the bill yeah. to have it approved right. on, on Tuesday, ACLU mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood, mm. they, they, they said so. They announced their name, who they were with, and how they wanted the assembly to vote. There is big business on the, on the worldly side. There's big business in dead babies. Mm. Okay. Second thing is it's demonic on the spiritual side. This is none other. And I'm wondering if you guys all believe your Bible. This is none other than the same demonic powers that, that you read about in your old Testament scriptures of, of human sacrifice. These are the same demons living out, manipulating people. They have found a home in the California Democrat Party, and they've got them almost like C.S. Lewis, Frank C.S. Lewis's book, You Know Well, Screw Tape Letters. Mm-hmm. It's like we're living it out here right, right now. Right, right. It's crazy. So you, you, you can't take it out on the person that you're debating personally, but what you are doing spiritually is going behind them to the power that's manipulating them. I view that because I'm a believer but we must stand. And after we've stood, the Bible says, stand therefore, right? We are to be girded with all of the armament of the believer in Ephesians chapter 6. And we've got to do it. I believe, Frank, I believe God is testing not only the wicked. I believe God is testing his church to see who is, who is of the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who is for real? Who will stand? And by the way, Frank, we've got to qualify in the last days, do we not? Don't we have to qualify for being those who will be persecuted in the last days? Didn't Jesus promise us that in the last days people are going to rise up against us and say all manner of evil against us and hate us because we love him? you got to ask yourself this question. Are you all about being loved by everybody? Mm-hmm. Or are you all about being loved by God and loved by his people but hated by Satan and hated by those who worship him? That's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Or Jesus at one point might say, away from me, I never knew you, because you were more concerned about yourself than you were about me. You were more concerned about being liked rather than being loved by me. Look, Jesus loves everybody infinitely because he's an infinite being, but a lot of people turn away that love, Jack, for the love of other people, for the love of the culture right? That's what they do. They, they turn it away. That's their idol. You know, I'm reminded you brought up C.S. Lewis. Um, C.S. Lewis in his book, Abolition of Man, talks about when good things are swollen to madness in isolation. Now, mm. sex is a good thing, but when you make that the ultimate thing, you swell it to madness in isolation to the point that you're willing to sacrifice children so you can feel better about the illicit sex you've engaged in. That's where we are, that, that we're putting sex at the very top of our priority list, and that good thing is now swollen to madness in isolation 
to the point that we're actually willing to kill children so we can justify what we want to do sexually. Jack, we, we need to speak out against this. Frank, you so well, I don't remember when it was, because we've had the privilege of having you at church uh, many times, but you one time preached and said that America's new God is sex. Mm -hmm. And it you is. were so right, and you're even more right now, and you're going to be even more right tomorrow, because you're exactly true on this thing. And and here's the deal. Uh, don't you believe in a woman's right to, cho uh, to choose? Of course I do. Mm -hmm. She chose to have sex. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sorry, I'm not talking as a pastor, I'm talking as a biologist, right. okay? We're designed in such a way that when two come together, living sperm collides with living egg and you've got life. It's called biology. It happens probably a thousand times a day. The point is this. You can't undo that. Well, I believe in a woman's right to choose. No, what you're saying is you believe in a woman's right to murder the child either in mm -hmm. or out of the womb because mm -hmm. she made a decision earlier that she frankly knew what could happen. And right. so did he. But now they're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube mm -hmm. and that ain't going to happen. Yeah. In the, in, in, the, in the interest of convenience or the altar of my autonomy or the altar of my career, this baby needs to die. Ladies and gentlemen, how does a dead baby improve anything? That's I, I want to keep asking that question. How does a dead baby improve anything? That's where this culture is right. And by the way, Jack, we got to get to this. And and it and for those of you that, that haven't heard of Jack before, just go to jackhibbs.com, jackhibbs.com, two Bs, jackhibbs.com. You're going to see where he's on the radio all over the world. He's on TV all over the world. He preaches uh, two messages a week. I don't know how you do that, Jack, but you do. Uh, <laughs> you're preaching through Romans. You're, 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 you're preaching through Hebrews. Uh, this is amazing what you're doing. And Jack, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going to go after? <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um, oh, what I wanted to say was, Jack, that you're pleading with pastors to get involved and to preach on these things. And for some reason, I don't know what they're afraid of. They're afraid of losing money. They're afraid of losing their staff. They're afraid of losing the congregation. Tell them, Jack, why your job is to speak the truth regardless of the consequences. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, those of us who handle the Word of God, James tells us we're going to be judged with a stricter judgment mm -hmm. when we appear before the Lord. In other words, too much has been given to us, and too much shall be required That's of us. That's right. And so, what I would say to all the pastors is, you need to you need to go uh, fast, take a drive into the desert, climb a mountain, take a rowboat out to sea, get alone. You know, you asked, how do I do Romans and Hebrews uh, and preach messages during the week? I got to get alone. I, spend, I have to spend a lot of time alone. Pastor, get alone. Listen to what God is saying. Don't let Facebook or Instagram or mm. Twitter shape what Ooh. you're going to say next. If you can't handle those things, get off of them mm. and get into the Word of God. It is my desire for you, and I know Frank shares this, ingest the Word of God until it's burning in your soul so much that when you get into the pulpit on Sunday, nobody can stop you. Mm. You're on fire. Mm. You've mm. got to deliver what He gave you, not what you downloaded, mm. not what you read in a book. It's okay to read commentaries. Right. After God has given you your sermon, mm -hmm. then read the commentaries. Mm -hmm. Get it from Him. You'll be on fire. God will anoint and bless you, and your congregation will be transformed. Don't let the noise of the world drown out the Word of God. Don't let the noise of the world drown out the word of God. There's a lot of noise out there, 
And you've got to pierce through that noise with the word of God and with truth. And if you're only willing to speak on what the world tells you you can speak on, then you're not truly being prophetic. And I'm not talking about telling the future. I'm talking about actually speaking the truth to your congregation. Now, Jack, you do that so well. And I wish we had more time, but uh, people need to go to ComebackCalifornia2022.com, ComebackCalifornia2022.com in order to be a part of what's happening at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills on April 30th. Also, Jack, people need to go to uh, JackHibbs.com to learn so much more. Jack, so much. thanks so much for leading your congregation, brother. Thanks for being on this program, too. Thanks, Frank. That's the great Jack Hibbs, ladies and gentlemen. He gets another round of applause because that's... He needs applause because he's out on the front lines. Let's keep him going. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to keep going. If you want to learn more, go to jackhibbs.com, jackhibbs.com. You'll see so many teachings from him there. And get your pastor involved, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll see you here next week. God bless you.